Here's some more wise counsel, which has guided my preaching of the good news. Tell people only what they must do, and you will numb them into despair. You will turn the gospel into a shabby replica of the world's irreligious and nagging moralism with its oceanfuls of good advice. But tell them what they are, of their dignity as made in the image of God, and that their sins are wicked perversions of their nature. Tell them that the world with all its horrors is still God's world, though its nature is upside down. Tell them that they can do all things through Christ, because in him all the powers of their nature are directed to fruition, and you will help to revive hope in this dispirited generation. Now, note the only at the beginning of that statement, tell people only what they must do, and you will numb them into despair. Telling people what to do has a place, of course, in preaching, but the proper place for such exhortation is at the end, when the overwhelming message of God's unmerited love and goodness has prepared the hearers' hearts and minds to respond to his love through generosity and self-sacrifice. You know, it's a paradox, but one easily verified, that the preaching of morality will never motivate people to be good. It may drive them to despair because of the suggestion implied, if not stated, that they are, if they are not good, God will not love and bless them. It will certainly bore them. But the proclamation of the gospel, of what God has done, is doing, and will continue to do for hearers and preacher alike, will move people to love God and neighbor as nothing else can. If the gospel is not good advice but good news, then preachers must accentuate the positive. One best overwhelms evil not by focusing on the bad but on the good. The Lord lays on no man a message that will discourage and dishearten his congregation a Protestant preacher writes, don't send your people home on flat tires. Touch positive emotions by preaching hope. That's what I want to do in the talks that follow. Say a prayer that I'll succeed. Now I'd like to start with some verses from by the 19th century English poet with an Italian name, Christina Giorgina Rossetti from her poem entitled, Uphill. They go like this. Does the road wind uphill all the way? Yes, to the very end. Will the day's journey take the whole day long? From morn to night, my friend. Our life is a journey. It begins at birth and ends, many assume, at death. Christians know that assumption to be false. Death is not the end of our journey. It is a way station and a new beginning. We journey on beyond death to God. And that's why Christians prefer to call the journey of life a pilgrimage. Webster's Dictionary defines pilgrimage as 
a long, weary journey as to a shrine. The pilgrimage may be long or short, but for almost all, it is sometimes weary because of the difficulties we encounter on the pilgrim way. Some of those difficulties are external. We encounter them daily in the morning headlines, in the evening television news. Other difficulties are internal because self-imposed, and we encounter these difficulties when we prepare for sacramental confession. Take nothing with you on the journey, Jesus said to his apostles as he sent them out. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 3. What he forbade was material provisions. He wanted them to travel light so that their sole reliance would be on him, the one...